0: Joining me on the podcast today is Nicole Sloan. She is the Employee Experience Leader at Kimberly-Clark and had a session here at HR Tech around digital transformation and connecting and engaging all of your workforce. So, Nicole, thanks for spending a few minutes with me. Thanks for having me, Sherry. As we think about this topic, what do you think will be the key skills or talents to look for um, in mentoring remote workers? You know, what's, what's kind of new or different about that type of person?
1: Yeah, and I'll just preface this by everything I say is kind of my opinion, right? It's not necessarily, um, you know, my company's opinion. But, um, I I mean, I know there's a lot of talk around empathy, emotional intelligence, those types of things. And maybe that's not new. You know, maybe people have always had to have some, you know, some degree of that but i feel like it's even more important um especially when you're virtual so you're trying to you know read someone through a zoom call or something like that right and we just see this um, intersection of your personal life and your professional life and so it's it's really kind of just leaning into that and you know accepting where someone is so um, i have a mentor myself i have a a human mentor um and, you know, we just talk about personal life a little bit mixed in with, you know, career. So, I, I mean, I think the ability to kind of navigate that, um, you know, as well as just having those virtual communication skills, um, and, and some people may need to work on that a little bit. Um, you know, we know how to navigate in a meeting type of scenario, but one-on-one, you know, getting a little more personal maybe as you mentor someone, you um, just being able to do that.
0: One of the things we've been talking a lot about um, on our HR team is now that we're fully remote, we have found that it's become much harder to collaborate in the same way that we used to. You know, you used to be able to stand up and go, hey, you know, Jill, can you help me with this? Or you might be talking to somebody in the office and they'd say, hey, Matt on the L&D team, he actually really has this really cool skill set that might help you with that project. And so we're trying to figure out how we manufacture that now, now that we don't have that same type of um, water cooler chats. Is there technology or ways we can think differently about collaboration so that we can get back to a more collaborative environment where we're tapping, you know, the full breadth of skills in our organization?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I have anything new or different to say about that, but I think fully leveraging the technology you have. Um, so, you know, we use, you know, a chat type of functionality, right? Um, and, and we use that all the time in our daily work. Um, but we're starting to connect some things into that. So maybe some of the other channels we had are able to connect in. Um, so we have Yammer channels that were existing previously that it's like, sometimes people paid attention, sometimes they didn't. Now it's hooking in, um, you know, where we do our chats and things like that. So, um, you're able to kind of more easily pick up on things that are happening or, you know, collaborating on different topics. Um, we also kind of, you know, run with, you know, some gig type of functionalities where, you know, we do try to find people that are, you know, wanting to work on a project or, you know, that kind of thing. I, you know, I think it's going to get better as we move forward. It's it's only going to get better. We're going to be more connected and... Um, you know, we just really have to be strategic about thinking how we use our technology to help enable that. Um, but I mean, the, a, a thing I wanted to add on, it's not necessarily collaboration, but um, you know, we're really talking about, I'm really talking about uh, with other other people about an employee experience platform. So it's more than, you know, just how do I get through my day-to-day and connect with people, but how do I connect with things I need in the, you know, in the flow of my work? And how do I do that cross-functionally? Um, and And that's not always easy to do, right? Because, oh, you know, HR cares about HR stuff and IT cares about IT stuff and finance cares about finance stuff, right? So, you know, as we start connecting those things in and thinking like an employee, what do I really need, you know? to how can I find easily what I need, um, get things done, get back to work and make that really easy. So I think leveraging technology and coming together cross-functionally for that as well, um, is helpful. So that's not necessarily a collaboration type of <laughs> topic, but you know, it is, it is like how you, how you get through your work day, how you find the right things to, to do what you need to do and do it effectively.
0: When you made that change with pulling in, like you said, some of that, those Yammer chats, was there a big change management process that was involved in in getting your employees kind of on board with communicating differently or was it a more natural change? No, it it just kind of happened organically. So um,
1: some things uh, I think you see changes being made these days, if, if they're not huge magnitude, they kind of just kind of softly happen you know like soft lunch almost um you you just kind of put them out there let people find them and they gravitate toward it and you see if it sticks right um so i like that approach with you know smaller incremental changes to things and just you can kind of read on the back end or are people picking up on it
0: as we continue to become more remote more Uh, integrated with technology and how we communicate. I think it opens us up for an opportunity to think more globally for our businesses, even if you are a small business. How do you see that changing, you know, employee experience and how we think about employee development if we need to think about this from an, an international scale?
1: Well, I I think one thing, and I've heard it several times here at HR tech that, you know, we're, and we talked about it on the closing keynote panel with the women in HR tech. So it's starting to happen at all levels now. So there's a shift you're seeing from just really hyper-focused on high potential talent to um, all of our talent, right? So yes, you might be doing something different for top talent, but you also need to be thinking all the way, you know, through- every employee, every employee matters, right? And, and from a, you know, filling open roles and that kind of thing, getting people in the right roles, that's important for every employee, right? So we need to be thinking that way. Um, I mean, it's a balance of high tech and high touch. Some of it, you might be, you know, putting some e-learning out there. You might be um, putting, you know, a virtual mentor or some things, you know, people wanna work on skills. Um, or you might be doing kind of a, an opt-in learning series where you, know, you say, hey, here's a topic. You know, Are you interested in you know, this type of topic? Put it out there, you've got a live webinar, people can opt in. So um, you're, you're seeing a lot of different things. I think in, on an international or global scale, you really have to think about the language piece of it. And I focus on that a lot in my role um, you know, what languages do we need? And, and it's not just, well, what can we provide? You start with what is the need, right? And then, um, you figure out how to, how to provide it. But I think that's a, a huge consideration as we, um, you know, offer development opportunities and, and that kind of thing. Um, sometimes language is a barrier and it's, you know, it's just a fact, right? But we were, we need to find ways to, to do that and do that well.
0: As you think about implementing different types of technology, and you talked about a virtual mentor and some other things, how do how you measure, how do you look at the impact of those um, digital adoption and engagement opportunities with those tools?
1: Yeah, so it's interesting. Like, um, There's a lot of conversation around, we all know we have too much tech, right? There, there are so many opportunities, so many different applications, and, and that tends to create different data sets, right? Um, So one of the things I'm really trying to work on is connecting those multiple data sets so that we can get some kind of insight out of that. Um, You know, data is nice, but just looking at independent data doesn't really tell a story. So we're really trying to move that direction where we can connect in different data sets from different places. Um, You know, some of it is kind of the more traditional survey type of approach where uh, you know certainly we have engagement surveys right but i think you're starting to see some questions change in the survey um, because companies are starting to focus more on you know what what is the experience are you getting what you need out of you know out of your career here um that net promoter score type of question would you recommend the company and that kind of thing is is generally there but you know, I think there are more frequent surveys happening. Um, they're happening along points in the journey on someone's career, um, and then you're you're taking that and kind of coupling it with other things that you know we're measuring data and, and just kind of even watching behavior of employees and what are they you know what are they doing, um, where are our opportunities? You know, do we um, have some trouble spots that that we can see just in the date in the data.
0: How have you used surveys to make sure that you're getting the reality in the answers? So, you know, I think sometimes we fall into this trap of, hey, we're going to go do a survey that we want our employees to be honest. And I'm using air quotes here. Be honest with. But ultimately, our intent is to score at a certain level so we can get some badge. Right. And we can put it on our website and say, hey, we're scoring this. And we really miss the opportunity to get that that raw data, the reality of what our employees are experiencing, especially now that we're in this remote environment where we can't necessarily see, you know, each other in the same way. Um, how are we ensuring that we're getting the information we need to um, influence our culture as we go forward in kind of this new way of work?
1: I think a big piece of it is is what you do with the survey outcomes, right? So, Um, If you haven't built trust with employees, they're not going to trust you to give you the information next time. Right. So you have to build the trust and show that you're taking an action. Right. You maybe can't address every piece coming through. But, you know, I think you have to show that you're doing something with it and and that you are, um, you know, that their voice was heard. You're making an impact you know, it's making an impact. We're, we're going to incorporate that in some things we're doing. Here's what we're doing. So that's, I think, part of it. Um, anonymity is always, you know, super important, right? If you want to speak up, you probably don't want them to know <laughs> I'm the person that said that. So um, that's part of it. And, you know, I think just providing multiple opportunities for people to um, provide that feedback in different environments. So I, I think when you're surveying someone right in the flow of something just happened, something just got completed, um, how did you feel about that, capturing it right then and there? You're more likely to get, rather than, oh, 30 days later, 60 days later, oh, I, um, I kind of remember what happened there. But, you know, getting that feedback immediately is, I think, um, another good thing.
0: As organizations have worked through that data that, that they're getting from their feedback um, in surveys, have you seen a change in the way change management toolkits have been built now to, to think about that remote workforce differently? Is there different layers that we're seeing or flexing to certain pieces of those change management models?
1: Yeah, I think it's no longer this flat approach of, hey, we pushed an email out. <laughs> we're done. You know, check the box. So, um, you know, while we're still using email, right, um, everyone has email you can't expect that to be something that someone read it first (laughs) and then absorbed it and retained it so it's a multi-channel approach you're you're trying to reach them in the ways that you can and so our communications team has a platform so we're pushing things out that way and it has multiple channels it can be email it can be the online it can be through an app Um, we're using email, the traditional email, um, but, you know, we're also finding other places to, you know, put an announcement or, you know, push a message through a channel, um, that maybe wasn't the traditional channel. So it depends on, you know, the level of change and impact, right? Sometimes you really just have to call people together and human to human, you know, let's talk about this to make sure you understand the change because it's high impact, Um, or maybe, you know, you're pushing it out through those multiple digital channels. Um, so I think there's multiple ways to get it out there. You create content that people can just, when they search, they find it and get the answer. Oh, this, okay, this is how this works. Um, the fact of the matter is you can communicate at a point in time and, um, it won't stick, right? You don't want to have to go dig up that piece of information again later. Oh my gosh, where was that? Um, so you need to place it in, in, in in the spaces where people will find it when they need it um, and just make that kind of, you know, appear in the flow.
0: That is the worst experience. When you know you saw something, I'm like, where did I see it? Was it, you know, in this platform? Was it on a wiki? Was it on my internet? Was it in the email? I I couldn't agree more. That's definitely something we in HR struggle with is making sure that we have the things in the right place, but they're also not redundant. As you think about, the future of employee experience and how um, organizations have evolved the last couple years. And, you know, with Gen Z and Gen Alpha coming up, what are you most excited about to see in this space?
1: Um, The thing I'm most uh, excited about is getting beyond HR and getting cross-functional about this. So one of the things that I'm working on is partnering With our marketing team and pulling some of those concepts from customer experience over to employee experience and i think as companies start looking internally where are the other resources who may have already figured something out or have a completely different perspective we can bring in um, those are the kinds of things i think that are really cool Um, we have a a really good partnership between hr and it it's a natural fit right so as you start doing those cross-functional um, approaches and aligning strategically in a cross-functional way, I think it's only going to get better, right? Because you just get, get that, um, um just a momentum going, you know, that's, that's more than just, you know, the, the one kind of the one lane. Um, we're not going to stay in our lane anymore, I guess is what I'm saying is we're, we're going to start partnering together and, um, you know, have even better outcomes.
0: I couldn't agree more. I'm, I'm excited about the collaboration that we're seeing. And in a way it's almost been forced, we've had to lean on each other to kind of get through the pandemic and make sure that we're you know, serving our employees in such a good way. So I really appreciate your insight and thanks for spending a few minutes with me here at HR Tech. Sure, thank you. This podcast is brought to you by Paylocity, a leading HCM provider that frees you from the tasks of today so you can focus more on the promise of tomorrow. If you'd like to submit a topic or appear as a guest on a future episode, email us at pctytalks at paylocity.com.